before I start, why don't we go ahead and bow our heads and pray tonight. Father, we just come before you, and uh, Lord, I just ask that you would help me to share what you've put on my heart, the things that you have um, imparted to me, Lord, uh, the impressions that you've put on my heart about your heart, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, pursuing peace, as J.J. was talking about, um, you know, the book that we're kind of taking some of our material from is, is called The Peacemaker. And so uh, I want to encourage you, first off, you should get that book if you haven't already and go through it a number of times because um, what you're going to find is that you're going to, you're going to come across times in your life where that information is going to help you resolve a challenge that you're in or you're going to be called on by someone else who's really struggling with a conflict with someone else and they really need to be encouraged and they need to be encouraged to do the right thing and to handle it godly and you're going to be able to help them. So I really encourage you to do that. Um, Tonight's title was... uh, uh, restoring versus confronting. And, you know, I, I guess I was thinking about, you know, when you get, when somebody does something to really tick you off, what do you feel like doing? You feel like getting in their face and telling them what they just did to you. That's our natural self. But as we think about God, there was a first first couple of que- uh, questions that came up in my, uh, for me was, um, what is God's heart in conflict and sin? Uh, and what does what uh, God want us to look at in conflict and sin? And so uh, the first scripture that I came across that, that really talked to me was 2 Corinthians uh, 5, uh, 15 through 18. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it for you. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. So, I mean, that's God's heart. God's heart is he restored us to him. And so what, what do you think his heart is for his children? You know, his heart for us is that, you know, is uh, I'm going to get ahead of myself, so I'm going to go back to my notes. But um, God is in the business, is in the restoration business. He desires for his children to care more about restoring other people than being right. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I've been around the church for a little while, not just this church, but other churches, and, and I've been a Christian for a while, and I, you hear people talk about um, Matthew chapter 18 and how that applies. And 
I think sometimes it's taken out of context. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. So let's start with Matthew um, chapter 18, verse 15. Moreover, oh, and all of this so far is out of the King, New King James. So if you have a different translation, that's why it sounds a little different. Um, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault just um, between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. And the important part that I think we need to focus on here is the, again, the goal is restoration. Gain your brother. Don't get in their face and tell them what they did wrong to you. You, you want to communicate in a way where you're creating peace and glorifying God. Um, but often uh, what happens in, with, with, uh, I, with all of us is that, in, is that we take it out of context and we focus on the go tell him uh, his fault. So um, if we take the whole chapter, though, of Matthew 18 and we look at it in context, um, we'll get a picture of restorative love and not about being right and the other person being wrong. Um, When we are in conflict with someone, it's often because we believe that the other person has done something to wrong us. Uh, It's not always true. Sometimes it's a misperception on our own part. Um, We can easily forget all about the love, mercy, forgiveness, and forgiveness that Jesus has shown us. But if we look just before... um, Matthew 8, uh, chapter 18, verse 15, and take a look at what Jesus had to say in chapter 18, verse 12 through 14, we, we can see an example of the level of love that, he, that God wants us to have for not only other brothers and sisters, but even unsaved people who we have conflicts with. So uh, this is the uh, parable about the sheep. So what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep, and one of them goes astray. Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains and seek the one that is, stray, that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, he sa- I say to you, he rejoices more over the sheep, over that sheep, than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, if it, even so, it is not that the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So, I, and what we need to understand from that is that if we, God wants us to have the attitude uh, of seeking, um, okay, I'll just read it from my notes again. This is the attitude God is, is seeking for us to have. Uh, Rejoicing in the restoration of even one relationship. Even one person who is either upset at us or we're upset with them. If we can restore that one relationship, God is rejoicing. We've done the right thing and we should be rejoicing too when we can restore even one relationship. Praise God. We certainly don't uh, want the Lord to look at us uh, the way he um, talked about the servant in uh, 
verse 21 through 35 of, of Matthew 18. And that's the, uh, un, the unforgiving servant. Um, so uh, most of you probably heard the parable, but I'm going to give it to you again anyway. So um, this, this started with Peter asking the question about, well, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? You know, Lord, Peter came to, the, came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Peter was being so generous. Seven times, Lord. I could do it seven times. But he expects so much more than that. Because of what he's done for us, the forgiveness that he's given us, if we can just really use that as an anchor point, for our lives and continue to, to really hold that in our hearts of the mercy and grace and forgiveness that he's given us. So Jesus said to him, um, I do not say to you uh, up to seven times, but I say uh, up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was unable to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had to, pay the de- to, pay, to make the payment. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant, was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out, and this is what we want to make sure we don't do, the servant went out, and when he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is a lot less, a lot, I mean, a lot less, sort of like maybe your car payment compared to the national debt. Well, maybe not quite that big. but um, And he uh, laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So the fellow uh, servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. Um, so when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved, and they, they came and told their master all that had been done. And then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him, uh, to the tormentors until the uh, until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from your heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, there ought to be a little motivation right there too. I don't think that any of us want to to be like the unforgiving servant. 
but rather we need to remind ourselves that what God is asking for is, an atti- is the attitude that is found in Galatians 1, a spirit of gentleness. Um, Galatians 1, brethren, if a man is overtaken in, a, in any trespass, you, are, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, um, whether it's happened to you yet, it's likely it probably has, but it will certainly happen in the future, someone is going to do something to offend you. And it might be a small offense, it might be a big offense. But whether it's big or small, God still wants us to deal with it and deal with it properly. And so um, because we're offended, um, okay, because we're offended, I believe that when the time uh, comes, God is asking us to do something very unnatural, which is take a step back and consider ourselves in light of Galatians 6.1. What is God asking for us to do, and I wrote down a, a few things that I thought that God is asking for us to do. First, consider whether or not, whether we are overreacting to what just happened. If uh, if so, maybe dropping it is the right thing to do. But if you're not overreacting, if you take a step back and you consider what just happened, and you say. No, I'm not really overreacting. They really did do what I think they just did. Then you have to ask yourself a second question. Is this something uh, to apply 1 Peter 4.8? Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Letting love cover a sin is not denying that the sin existed. So you're not denying that the person just did something that offended you, but you're taking the higher road and saying, I can allow love to cover this. I can give them unmerited grace like God gave me. And, um, you know, so I think there's a lot of times when that's the choice we need to make. We really need to just say, you know, I know their heart. They're my brother. They're my sister. You know, they must be having a bad day. So I'm just going to let love cover that. Um, the third one is consider, uh, am I in some way responsible for part or all of the problem? Do I need to ask them to forgive me for my part, for my part in the problem? And sometimes that's the case. Sometimes we push their buttons. And uh, we need to do that. Have I allowed resentment and or bitterness to build up in me? So are you are you hanging on to something? You know, God didn't build us to hang on to offenses. And so uh, when we do, it starts to build up into a pretty big mess inside us. And um, so... It'll start with resentment, and it'll build into a root of bitterness. If this is something that is so serious that I must go talk with them, can I do it 
humbly and without anger. You need to check your anger at the door. It could be something that you have every right to be angry about, but if you're going to be trying to be restorative, if you're looking at this through God's eyes and say, I want to restore this relationship, you need to put your anger down. You need to set it aside. You need to step back and ask God to help you deal with your anger and come humbly and communicate and, and let them know how they hurt you. You know, when you said this to me that really hurt, it made me feel this way or it made me feel that way, and communicate with them. So, uh, next one is, um, in talking, uh, is talking one-on-one a good idea? So, in some cases, it's not. So you have to ask yourself, is it safe for me to talk with them one-on-one? Is it physically and emotional or emotionally safe? If the person is an abusive person, it may not be emotionally safe or physically safe, depending on what type of abusive they are. So you need to ask yourself that. Um, If it's not a safe environment, then that's the time when you bring in another person with you. And um, that doesn't mean you have to tell the other person all about what's going on. It just means you bring them along so they can be a witness of the reconciliation that you're attempting to do, and it keeps you safe. Um, It is essential for us to take the time to step back, search our hearts, and hear from God. It's not a question of, are we right to feel something, someone wronged you, but do you remember we are forgiven and therefore need to share the forgive, that forgiveness? If we keep unforgiveness in our heart, then it will grow, and we will find ourselves finding fault with everything that other person does. You know, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what they do. They looked at you wrong. They, you know... Um, everything will become a problem. Husband and wives know what I'm talking about. You've probably been there. Praise God. But God's grace is what we need and what we need to share. Um, so if you're, if you're feeling, if you're finding yourself finding fault with everything someone's doing or with almost everything they're doing, you know, to me that's like little alarm bells should be going off in your head. should be like, ooh, you know, hey, there's something wrong here. Okay? And, um, and if you don't deal with it at that point, it is going to grow into a root of bitterness. So you, you really need to listen to those alarm bells when they start to go off, when you start to find fault with everything. Oh, you... You left your slippers there. Oh, you, you left your coat there. Oh, you left the glass of water there. Uh, you know, you need, to, you need to not let that grow. Praise God. Hmm. Please deal with your offenses quickly. Please deal with them quickly. Hmm. There is a time to speak the truth in love. And um, going back to Galatians 6.1, uh, I have it now in the NIV version. Brothers, I think I just, mic heading out, in and out, okay. 
Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, who are living by the Spirit, should restore the person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may be tempted. If someone you know is doing something that is harmful, either physically or spiritually, to themselves, you know, the world says, oh, let everybody do their thing. That's not what God says for Christians to do. We have a responsibility to step up. You know, um, step up and, and, and uh, you know, obviously step back and ask God what to say, but you need to step up and say something to them. You need to sit down and, and in a spirit of meekness, of gentleness, and let them know that you love them is the reason you're talking to them about whatever they're doing that's either going to be harmful to their spiritual life or to their physical life. Um, you can't go to them preaching at them. You can't go into them with a condemnation and condemning what they're doing. You really have to go to them out of love. Um, because you know what happens when somebody comes to you and they're attacking you and telling you you did this wrong, you did that wrong. Boop! Up goes the wall. Now, nobody's going to hear anything. So we, we really need to take the time to come in gently so that they can hear us, so they can hear our heart, so they can hear God's heart, and there can be restoration there. Praise God. So we really need to pray through and ask God for the words to speak and the wisdom to listen. Sometimes what we really need to do is listen to them. We need to, we need to hear what's going on with them, hear why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and, and we need to ask for the Holy Spirit to bring peace in the situation. Praise God. Um, a parting thought uh, for you, and I'm just about done here, so a parting thought is, uh, is um, uh, if you are not part of, the, of a conflict or, um, or called on to be the mediator, or even if you are called on to be the mediator, there's something uh, uh, that I think you really need to think about here is God is going to give you the grace to handle your own conflicts. He will give you grace to work through those if you're willing to work through them. But God is not going to give you the grace to handle being offended over someone else's conflict. So don't take offense for what's going on with somebody else. Okay? Okay. So that is, God will give you the grace to handle being offended or, I mean, sorry, God will not give you the grace uh, to handle being offended over someone else's conflict. So, don't take offense for someone else. Don't take offense for your, for your own kids' conflicts that they're having, for your parents' conflicts they're having, for your friends' conflicts they're having, because God's going to work through that for them, and then you're going to be stuck there still stewing over it, and it, they've already resolved it because you're not going to have the grace to handle it. So, praise God.